Welcome to the 2017 NSH Poster Podcast Series. My name is Gail Callis, and I'm a member of NSH, a regular presenter at the NSH Annual Symposium Convention, and currently serve as editor for the Journal of Histotechnology. Last year, NSH launched its first poster podcast series, bringing outstanding research and science from the exhibit hall to a larger audience. We are thrilled to bring this popular series back and know you will enjoy listening to the poster presenters learn something new and share their information with others. New episodes will be released each week from November through December. Thanks for listening and science on by presenting a poster with a podcast next year. Hi, this is Judy Stasco, and I am here with Debbie Guerrero, hope I said that right, talking to her about her poster, Correlative Light and Electron Microscopy for Brain Imaging. There's actually an acronym for this called CLEM, so Debbie's going to share a little bit about this. How would you describe your level of poster presentation knowledge? Have you done a poster before? Yes, I did a poster once before, but it's still a bit nervous. (laughs) Nervous? Okay. How did you do this one differently than your first one that you did? Well, this one, there's a lot more. It was a lot more preparation because it was more technique-oriented. So compile all the techniques that we've done over time and, you know, try to explain the techniques uh, with images that really represent what we are doing and what we are trying to, what the final result is, that was a bit hard because, as you know, for EM, the processing is long, so it's hard to put an image for every single process because then we would have a, a lot of pictures, so we needed to concise things. That's true. So how long have you been doing EM and the, and the, the light to, to be confident enough to want to present a poster? So I've been doing EM now for... 10 years. Awesome. Yes. But EM doing in brain research is only been doing it for five years. Okay. Before I was doing EM, but in cochlea. Okay. So, but now I work at Max Planck Florida Institute for Neuroscience where everything is about brain and everything is uh, uh, only neuroscience, basic science. We're, we don't do any clinical stuff, just basic science. And this is a good place because this is the first Max Planck outside of um, Germany. Okay. in North America, so it's a, a whole new uh, institution here, and it's a great opportunity to be there working, doing brain research. Does that make it easier to just work on one tissue type since you're working with brain? Does that make it easier with your career? Yes, I think it's a little easier, but it's still, brain is challenging. Yeah, very uh, challenging, yes. It's challenging to work with. Brain is big, and we have to go to do EM where everything is, is small. So that offers another challenge besides sample preparation. So why is this topic so important to you? Can you share that with us? Nowadays, in our institute, everybody does uh, not, we're only the one EM core. And so everybody does uh, live imaging, two-photon, fluorescent microscope. And usually EM is always said, oh, you know, the sample is dead. You can't really see what live events are that are happening. But now that we can do correlative, we can say, well, yeah, the sample is dead, but you can correlate it to the live event that you saw when you were doing live microscopy. So I think that offers a great advantage. No, I would agree with you 100% there. So there you go. What's the first thing that you want people to see when they look at your poster? 
that now we can really merge these two big platforms <coughs> that are very useful for research and usually they are seen as two separate platforms all together the very opposite side because the sample preparation is so different but now we can say hey we can merge them and this is important it gives you a lot more information that your initial initially thought you were going to get so i think that's very important oh, I, I would agree with you there i also work with both fields so i know where you're coming from were there any surprises when you did this research well in my poster we um we showed the four different workflows that we mostly used in in our laboratory. But yes, at the beginning, it, it was a struggle to get things to work because uh, you know we have to make a right balance. Maybe we we cannot use any kind of resin because you know if we use uh, polymerize with heat then the antigenicity is not going to work. But we also need to have, if we want to see fluorescence preserve antigenicity, we need to use a different type of resin. And if we want to see, see cells that are expressing GFP, we need a little bit of uh, water, but we can't, if we don't fully dehydrate and the sample doesn't work. So it was a, it's always a balance issue. So that was a struggle. That, that's still a struggle sometimes, depending on the tissue. Is there any component of that? You know, you talk about the four different fields. Mm -hmm. Is one more difficult than the other? Is there one more challenging than the other? I mean, you know, do you find, you know, because you look at, you know, your fluorescence and mm -hmm. that can have its own issues, you know, is there autofluorescence going to be involved? Something like that. Well, and we know that the trials and tribulations with EM is one more challenging than the other. They all have individual challenges, but when we do um, Atom Tom, we basically are, uh, do a rough 3D reconstruction so that we can correlate um, with the two-photon or with a C-stack from the confocal to find the specific area that we need. So we're using um, the 3D reconstruction as a map. So sometimes to find the very small area that we're interested in, to see like a spine that's in a dendrite, that can be, it's, it's challenging because it's time consuming. So you really have to be very patient and, you know, look through the images that you acquired and try to find your target. But now with this um, Atom Tom, it makes things a little easier. And oh. especially because we have um, a big um, array of sections. Mm -hmm. So they are all in a silicon wafer, whereas when we have them on a grid, we don't have that many sections on a grid, only 20 sections. But if we have all the sections on a silicon wafer, we can we can um, acquire the, a bigger stack of um, images easier by using the uh, Atlas software as well. Whereas if we do EM, we have to change the sample, then you waste time and put another grid. And if you messed up one section, then your reconstruction is incomplete. But using Atomtom, everything is automated. So less chances of damaging a section and less chances of uh, damaging your reconstruction as well. Oh, that's awesome. So then when you were working on these different, do you have experts in each of the areas? I mean, do you literally do each of those areas yourself? Or do you have somebody in your facility that you can have as a go-to person? We all do uh, a little bit of everything, but um, one of our students, she's the one who is more heavily working in the Atom Tom. So now she's the more of an expert because she sits in front of the microscope and she does this all day so it's finding the sections but we help her in the sample processing part but in the imaging part now she she knows more oh, about that very good yeah was well, there anything that happened that you didn't expect so it kind of 
ended up the way you anticipated? I think maybe better because we were not expecting to be able to see synaptic vesicles as good as we, oh, yeah. as we do now. And so when we first saw them, it's like, oh, wow, we can actually see the synaptic vesicles. This is very cool. Yeah, it is very cool. That open a lot of doors, won't it? Yes. <clears throat> so if someone would, you know, comes and looks at your poster, what should they think about it? I mean, what, what, do you, what do you, you know, is there a take-home message from it? That you have to find the right technique that suits the research. You have to find the right technique to address the question that the researchers is asking. One technique does not fit for all. Right. So you have to, you know, work with the researcher and ask uh, what is it that you want to see? Um, why do you? Uh, why are you trying to use this technique? Because sometimes they come with the idea, I want to do this. But that might not be the best technique for that particular research. So you have to understand what they're doing to be able to advise on that technique that is more adequate for their research. Yeah. Well, I would agree with that. I work in my research as well. So <laughs> if you had to do a follow-up project, what would that project be? Well, I guess do multiple labeling. Okay. Yeah. Using That's all, you know, especially with the confocal and stuff. Yes. yes. Be able to see multiple labeling in the confocal, but at the same time, multiple labeling using the EM. EM, So yeah. instead of just one one gold, it's maybe, see, two or three, I don't know, which is kind of hard because we're doing silver enhancement. So if you enhance one, the other one might be enhanced too. So. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> true. I always say, you know, the analogy of, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. Sometimes it's worth more, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So is there any major tips, two to three tips that you would like to share considering submitting a poster? Was that hard to do? You know, was your facility supportive? Oh, yes. My facility was really, really supportive. Okay. Awesome. And um, I say um, start working on it way ahead of time. (laughs) Yes. And you have to do many, many revisions. At first, I had a lot of pictures. And then it's like, no, this is way too crowded. Okay. Now, so choose the right images that represents what you want to say. I think that's a good advice that I would give. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Histo Talks. To hear more great episodes, check us out on Podbean, The Block, or iTunes, keyword, Histotalks. Talks.